This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest. He's a host, a trivia combatant, an IG88 fan. It's Mark Donica. It's me! (laughs) I'm so happy you put IG88 in there. Uh, (laughs) I had to put something Star Wars in there. I'm a big champion of it, man. Yeah. The the new Star Tours ends landing in Star Wars land, and IG88 is there, and I'm just hoping beyond hoping that they have an IG88 animatronic walking around like pointing his gun at people. Oh, I hope so. That would be, well, I don't know if he should be pointing his blaster at people in 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 the air. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm all for IG-88 firing in the air. Yes. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I went to, I've only been to Disneyland twice. I know you're a big Disneyland mm-hmm. guy, but we went on Star Tours and the man, I was, it was amazing how much it ends on a commercial now. Like, <laughs> it's not just that it lands in Batu, uh, mm-hmm. but it's at 3PO's like, what is this place? It looks full of adventures that we'll explore for a long time. Like, he's practically reading ad copy. The one thing I will say, and we're to- this totally isn't what we're talking about today, but in... Florida Star Tours is going to Star Tours is on the precipice of where their Star Wars land is going. Okay, nice. So it's that's more natural of oh we've landed now go. Yeah. So but for us it's across you have to walk all the way across the property. <laughs> so they made it make sense for uh, Walt Disney World but not necessarily for over here. Yeah. Anyway, we've talked about Star Wars for hours, <laughs> Joseph. So, you can go look it up. Uh, Mark and I used to co-host the Jedi Alliance show on the mm-hmm. Popcorn Talk Network. Uh, and it's great to have you here to talk about something else. Uh, you are also well known for anybody who is a fan of the Schmodown. You're kind of you're one of you're one of the new big names, right? One of the new competitors. God, I hope so. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> well, you are your nickname there for and for anybody who isn't a fan of Schmodown, it is a, a a YouTube series that is applying the pro wrestling model to movie trivia. Yep. Uh, and you are uh, playing. What, what's your character I am the name? The Enforcer. The Enforcer. That's right. Yeah. You got a T-shirt well, and everything. Yay! <laughs> and it's Star Wars themed. Yeah. Uh, fan of Jedi Alliance, who's now does all of the art for uh, Collider and Schmodown, made that up, which was cool. To you remember that that picture that we got of. Uh, Qui-Gon and Shmi doing the ghost thing. Oh, yes. It was that guy. Brian, is it Brian Ward? Brian Ward. Yeah, yeah. Brian Ward's I, awesome. I couldn't... It just blew my mind that all of those worlds were coming together. <laughs> that is beautiful. Yeah, so if you're a fan of Schmodown, you can also check out Mark there. And we're going to talk about an element of the Schmodown, which is pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Now, I've done a pro wrestling episode before, but I know how big you are on it. Mm-hmm. And then when we were talking about it, you said that you wanted to talk about pro wrestling television Mm -hmm. so what is that distinction what does that mean so the the traditional american style that we now know today there's at at the very easiest there are four major wrestling styles but the major american (laughs) style that that is sort of taken on by large companies like wwe impact wrestling is television style to play to a hard camera that's locked off and sort of emphasize things for the camera okay uh while yes the people in the arena are getting a very specific show there's a lot of the stuff that the people live don't get because they're essentially filling the seats for a television taping of a live television show like a like a like a double dare 2000 or a wheel of fortune or something like that so the product of wrestling television has been this thing for 35 40 years and only within the past five has it really started to change due to the the newer technologies that are starting to take off in the world. Okay, so how is it changing? Are, uh, you mean just like the actual fights are morphing because of different TV technology and and also the style. So 
the the way that WWE for and WWF uh, back in the 80s has been operating since the 80s has been very much a a television presentation. Uh, I'll give I'll give a, a really basic <laughs> example. When people are backstage and there's a camera on them and they have a scene that camera doesn't exist. Yeah. It's it's kind of and and Max Landis actually coined this term. Uh it's kind of like the Muppet Show. The Muppet Show and professional wrestling are essentially the same show. It's you get to see all of the stuff happen backstage, but no, but everybody's still in character. Yeah. So all of the stuff that happens in the back is supposed to be this reality TV style where you don't acknowledge the cameras yeah. unless they do acknowledge the cameras or they stare right into the camera to talk to their opponent. It's really <laughs> bizarre. The, the the camera as using the camera as a person or as an angle like a normal television show has been the standard format for a cup the the past. 35 years. Yeah. But now with things like Twitch, there are a lot of companies that are starting to stream their stuff over the internet and having more of a direct uh, response to fans on a one-by-one basis thanks to social media. Right. And the biggest change was from a company uh, called Lucha Underground. It was a, a company that uh, it's on the El Rey network. It's produced by Robert Rodriguez. So instead of it being like... You see the camera crew. You see this. You see that. All of the story happens uh, as this fiction. There's magic. There's time travel. Oh, wow. All of the scenes that happen in the back are are shot cinematically. They're not shot as like a found footage okay. Blair Witch style <laughs> shaky cam. And and it's sort of changed how people view professional wrestling and i think it's it's one of those things that i i think could get people back into it because the wwe product has really hasn't changed much yeah that's really exciting to me i didn't know that was happening because Mm -hmm. i i've always had like an okay relationship with wrestling Mm -hmm. like i've always liked the theater of it in the big characters that's great that's up my alley Mm -hmm. but then when you get into some of it that is just a little bit more aggressive sporty stuff i was not great at that so it was a little alienating to me as a kid i know so many people who love it now so i've had my eyes open to it a little bit more Mm. but seeing a kind of wrestling that's like okay yeah we're gonna get rid of the veneer of this is real and we're gonna go full magic full character yeah that's that's fascinating yeah that's the thing one of my favorite things about lucha underground is it's a television show about a professional wrestling company as opposed to a professional wrestling show yeah like it throw it all of the wrestling is real and it's all shot with professional wrestlers so it still is a professional wrestling show yeah but there's a guy named Mil Muertes who can't die. Every time he dies, he gets reborn and he's more angry. Um, there's a uh, there's the monster Matanza Cueto who has literally bitten the head off of a guy. Like people die. Like wrestlers that appear in this in this show can get killed off. Yeah. There are characters that are presented only in Lucha Underground that get killed off or this or that, and it it adds actual stakes yeah more so than yes people are fighting for a championship but they have uh, a match that uh i forget the name of it but it's essentially a casket match where you have to throw your opponent into a casket close the door (laughs) and then a whole bunch of people dressed in like day of the dead um uh clothes and makeup yeah take them out of the take them out of the arena and then you don't see them ever again ever again dead that's it that you're truly deeply dead yeah is this on twitch so this was this is on El Rey, the El Rey network. 
The first two seasons are on Netflix, and I highly recommend people check it out because the first two seasons are crazy. Okay. There's a time traveling airplane man. <laughs> There's uh, a, a character by the name of Prince Puma who once in a once in a promo like snarled and an actual like big cat growl came out of his mouth. <laughs> it's just like this is really cool. <laughs> this is awesome. weird, but this is really cool. Now for the more traditional WWE at mm-hmm. this point. So, uh, like, I know they would do the cut the promo and they yell at the camera, and it's more of like a uh, Shakespearean aside. You're not sure yeah. who they're talking to. This is their their monologue to themselves and to their enemies. Mm-hmm. But they're doing that on Twitch, where they're like some like big powerful wrestlers, like, oh, and then Stinkbot eighty two says this, and I'm <laughs> responding to it. And my angry is that what's happening? Uh, depending on the company, yes. A lot of people are using Twitch as just a. a a broadcast tool to get people to get to, to people a lot easier. Yeah. But there are some companies, there's one local company uh, called wrestling pro wrestling. They're a, <laughs> they're a, they're kind of a, a comedy group. They do, they do a lot of uh, comedy style matches, but it, there is real wrestling involved. And um, a friend of mine works for them and he does like public access TV conspiracy videos <laughs> okay. that cut in the middle of matches and and the the promos running and while it's a pre-recorded tape he's in the chat responding to people okay uh as if it's live and etc cetera, etc cetera. so it there are some companies that are some companies that can afford to do that and other companies are just like oh a free place where we can put our show live okay as yeah. a, that that doesn't require as much of a footprint as tele as actual tv okay but there's not like in wwe there's not somebody sitting there like if we get to this amount of donations i'll hit him with a chair (laughs) not yet (laughs) not yet Uh, maybe uh, fingers crossed (laughs) uh wwe is is as big of a powerhouse to where they have their own they have their own platform they have the wwe network where they just sort of dictate whatever they want but is this a traditional cable channel or is it a streaming service that you pay for wwe the wwe network was the first single product and and correct me if i'm wrong but i'm i'm i remember this being so revolutionary before cbs all access before hbo go before all of these individual yeah. channels had digital things uh vince mcmahon and the wwe said no us first and this was back <laughs> math four or five years ago yeah okay point that sounds like a vince mcmahon kind of thing to do yeah he's (laughs) he's got he's a man of ideas but uh they they don't they they don't only use it to sort of as a a, a highlight hype machine where they just put all of their old episodes but they have uh an animated show that features the the their characters likenesses okay they've got uh a lot of stuff that sort of breaks the the foundation of oh all of these guys hate each other etc etc but it really has the entertainment side but then with the wrestling television that they produce for that channel they they get a little bit more experimental with it not as much as lucha underground but but they they take a couple more chances but they're willing to keep evolving yes yeah Yeah. that's cool so when did you first get hooked was it as a kid just watching it at home i can't remember a time where i didn't watch professional wrestling okay honestly there's a there's a picture of me and my brother i was i gotta say three or four years old <laughs> and he's and he's three years older than me and you're body slamming him and it, well we're 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 on a family vacation and i'm wearing 
a full Ultimate Warrior pajama set, <laughs> and he's wearing a full Hulk Hogan pajama set. Okay. And I went, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. You want a glimpse into my childhood? <laughs> that's it right there. Was it uh, handed down to you by parents? Did anybody tell you to watch this, or was it handed to you by your... You said your brother was older, right? Yeah, my brother was older. Was, did, was it introduced to you, so it was just like it's always in the air in the osmosis, or did you ever have a moment where you're, like, you're turning the channels and you see it? Well, there... My uncle was kind of the main, I would always go over to my uncle's house and he would have, at the time, the two rival companies, WWF and WCW on, and we would switch in between on either or commercial break. Okay. And we would go over to his house for the pay-per-views. And, and, and so in terms of, in terms of a pusher, he would, he would probably <laughs> be uh, the one that I remember the most, but my, in, in talking to my dad a lot over these past couple of years, as wrestling has eked into my professional life, uh, he it was something that was handed down by my grandfather and something that okay. that they would watch together, the regional stuff, and then he would watch with us. But in, in terms of the major WWF stuff, I don't, I can't remember a, oh, this is wrestling. I just always remember having it around. Yeah. And did it ever go out of your life or has it been something like that's been consistent? So there were times where I didn't watch it. Yeah. But it was, this was near... Web 2.0, Web 2.5, where people were starting to just write the live results of stuff. So okay. there were times where I wouldn't watch every week, but I would I would read along or I would check the website. And uh, this is even before YouTube. They used to, back early YouTube, they used to upload full episodes of their TV, okay. which is insane. Two hours of wrestling, of wrestling television, commercial free on YouTube yeah. before they went, that's stupid. And then they stopped <laughs> doing that. But there was a while where that's how that's how I was keeping up was was clips and, and reading along and things like that. Okay. But now it's so much easier. Yeah. And it seems like it's had a huge resurgence mm-hmm. in popularity. But there's so there was never a time where you're like, I think I've grown out of this or this isn't for me anymore. Or I disagree with the direction so much that I'm out. Uh, n- no, because... Huh. It's wrestling's difficult because it's one of those things li- similar to uh, people equate it to a soap opera, and the only the only thing I would uh, equate it to that is they have to tell a story week after week after week after week, and it's the longest running WWE Raw is one of, is the longest running television show aside from like cable news or, yeah. or new or local news. So yeah, I mean every once in a while there might be a story beat that I don't like, yeah. but it's never enough for me to go, I'm out. I'm out. Uh, it, it, for me, it's more of a, hmm, let's see where they go with this. Because okay. there are times when they they might push something for maybe a week or two. And then what's that? We don't remember that happening because it didn't test well with audiences. So it's... <laughs> Bye. Yeah, whatever. Let's, let's try it again. There, there are wrestlers. There was a wrestler that uh, was hyped for... Three to four weeks, like with coming soon, and it was this like carny makeup sort of sort of uh, uh, crazy guy, and he had one match, <laughs> and he was never seen or heard from again in the WWE. Was he terrible? Was he boring? Or was there something behind the scenes like he turned out to be a real asshole? He or? had a bad match, okay, and and the crowd didn't really respond to him, and and ultimately they just went, if we're gonna do it, let's do it now, okay. <laughs> and but he's still successful. He runs a school out in Las Vegas. Like it's not, you know. WWF and WWE these days isn't the be-all, end-all anymore, especially yeah. because there are all of these different opportunities for television and training. Yeah. So it's not as much of a, a last resort for people. Right. And even if you don't make it, 
there's there's other ways to to do wrestling, but even if you don't, you're already an incredibly fit athlete, yes. right? It's yes. not like I'm auditioning to play sad sack in you know local uh, you know mattress store commercials, and mm-hmm. if I don't get that, I'm still just a sad sack. Yeah, uh, you are a fit, healthy, amazing human being to wrestle, regardless, because even if every move is planned, it's still all physically being done. Yes, and there are there are the cases of uh, larger uh, individuals, both male and female, that. Uh, reach various levels of success, but even then, you know, they're they're not burdened by their uh, their size. It it ends up becoming a big uh, uh, advantage for them. Vince has always been a fan of the bigger dudes. There was a there was a guy by the name of uh, Haystacks Calhoun. Let me <laughs> and and your giggle is very apropos. Um, one of Calhoun. one of the largest men in the world. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm bringing up a picture right now. Uh, oh, I didn't know he died that recently. Uh, either way, um, his build weight was 600 pounds. And is that at, at top amount of muscle? Is that what build weight means? Muscle. Yeah. 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 Um, but he was just a very, very large man. Yeah. Playing that shit too. Yeah. And a lot of, uh, a lot of the larger guys wouldn't, you know, they would, be in very quick matches like Andre the Giant near the end of his life he couldn't he couldn't physically do anything so yeah. he would do a couple of big moves here be the uh and and sort of save the day and then be out but that that type of wrestling doesn't exist anymore yeah yeah i had a pretty great experience of doing a show in St. Paul that was the life story of Baron von Raschke yes and baron von raschke was the star of the show and mm-hmm. you know did covered a lot of things of of wrestling you know he was much more of the regional still in that world of the when he was on television a very theatrical you know mm-hmm. uh but also you know demonstrated how he can't raise his arms anymore but he can fake it by bending his back so it looks like his arms are all the way in the air and like so and still like he demanded they built a uh, a wrestling ring set that was uh, more of a um it was open uh, mm-hmm. to the audience so it was wider and it got wider instead of being an actual so it had this like 3d effect yeah of the to the audience um but it was it was it worked you know there was a mat and everything uh, and ropes and all that, and uh, he demanded to be hit in the chair, hit in the head with a chair, like it had been written. And the directors, because there were two directors, they're like, "Well, we're gonna really figure this out." And Baron's like, "No, this is this is my life story. You, there's some things you don't fake. Hit me in the head with a chair, it'll be fine." So night after night, we're like, "This is the story about this tender man behind the fearsome character." And he's like, "No, no you have to hit me in the head. <laughs> yeah, you never drop that gimmick, man. Yeah, yeah, never, never drop it. And just like very opinionated about what could be. Well, we can kind of fake this and other things we can't fake. That's mm-hmm. it's real. We're doing this. Yeah, yeah. Which I I thought is great. No, Bear von or von Raschke was was great. He was the the claw. Yeah. Uh, Back when I when I was growing up, they there was a wrestler or there was a group of wrestlers that were parodying classic acts. Okay, and there was a guy that came out as a, he was Baron von Stevie, and he had a really <laughs> poorly made bald cap on, and he would just come out with, with the claw. And I went, "Oh, what's that? Oh, it's Baron von Raschke. Oh, and then you you sort of back then follow a paper trail of who's this? And, okay, cool. And and they sort of helped. Like before something like the WWE Network, they helped people sort of go back and be like, oh, who were who were these people? Especially for uh, a, a young lion at the time like myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So going back to the future now, it's cool that you, that you were interested enough to, to look to the past. But in the present, do you have a favorite wrestler? Uh, I, I've It keeps changing. Uh, 
it it, because it has to because people keep surprising and (laughs) and doing new things uh i've i've been doing a lot of uh non-wrestling wrestling wrestling podcasts like this and so I've, i've had a i have a list in my head my favorite female wrestler is Sasha Banks. Her, okay. She, she is uh, a deceptively uh, agile and kind of hardcore for her size. And, and I, I love her character and how she's evolved. Um, I've, I've been following her career since, since she started in the WWE. And then my favorite tag team is a group by the name of Revival. The, the Revival, who sort of harken back to a mid-80s classic tag team style that is just so dirty and rotten and and gross <laughs> and and it's so entertaining and they've had some of the some of the greatest matches in the past couple of years and then my best my favorite singles wrestler right now uh <laughs> is a man by the name of velveteen dream Ooh, yeah so he's <laughs> he's an interesting case so he's relatively new he's i think he's under five years at this point of, okay. of working professionally as a wrestler but he auditioned for Tough Enough, which is WWE's uh, uh, reality reality show competition, where they bring people in, they teach them wrestling, and the fans and uh, an amount of judges get to vote on who sticks around. He didn't stick around, but they gave him a contract. And the character that he is currently inhabiting is... The only way I can describe him is he has pure sexual energy. <laughs> and he gets responses from the crowd... Of like confusion and excitement and stuff that I've never <laughs> heard, and he's such a consistent performer to where if he's uh, whether he's cutting a promo on the microphone or even just physically present, he carries himself as that character so well that you're just like I have no idea what he's gonna do next. He, like there was a moment with one of his his first big matches, there the the rest of the, that he was up against a guy by the name of Alistair Black. Um, he shows that he's sort of like Zen and in one mind by sitting down cross-legged in the ring and, and just sort of cutting a pose and, uh, dream, uh, like jumped down to all fours and was like nose to nose with him. (laughs) And I had a thought in my head of kiss. And I was like, this is weird, (laughs) but, but he got so close into his face that the entire crowd just had this like, whoa. Like what's what is about to happen? What's yeah. happening? And he just captured he captured everybody at that moment. The match happened and he delivered and he just keeps consistently being this remarkable energy that is unlike anybody in any company right now. And do you think he's doing it uh, on purpose to introduce d- different ideas and different energy because like it's it's nothing new to have uh, somebody be on stage and being super sexy and charismatic mm-hmm. it's different to build bring that energy like a lot of wrestling uh, uh, my understanding is has been the like i'm going to beat you up mm-hmm. so to bring that energy of like everybody wants me is like a fun grenade to throw in there is he doing that on on purpose it's it's a it's a type of character that's not new but the sort of throwing out of convention and just sort of the common idea of sexuality in in the modern young adult world yeah um that's new and especially in that excuse me that heavy machismo environment that professional wrestling is and it's one of my favorite things about it is it's not presented as weird yeah it's not presented as wrong it's not presented as foreign it's not it's just 
this is who that person is. This is who I am, and that's what you're supposed to do in wrestling is yeah. be, commit all the way and be that character, and mm-hmm. that, that's who this character is. And 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 commentary usually, if somebody like that is on the opposite side, yeah, it's like, oh, well, what they're doing is wrong and, and bad because they're the bad guy. But now it's just like that, that's not what that story they were trying to tell was about. So it's one of it. It tells me that we're starting to get into a new area of storytelling, which uh, you, you know, as a writer, how many stories are there yeah. really? And then it's just different versions of them. Try being a weekly wrestling, or a, weekly, <laughs> a weekly written television show for 40 years. You know, that you tell, you tend to tell the same stories right. every once in a while, but it, once you get a performer like Velveteen dream that can take that, like just wanting to be noticed and, and their name to be on everybody's lips and, by the way he says it and the way that he performs, make it a completely new world. Yeah. Of like, oh, well, where can we go with this? Yeah. Do you find yourself just being more invested because you like him so much? And oh, sure. You're like, oh, I, I really want him to win. Where if it's two, like, a little bit more generic performers, like, good, but they don't <laughs> resonate with you. Then you're like, well, cool. Because well, I can... I can his performance allows me to believe everything he's saying okay. as a character. And I, uh, one of the reasons why I, I wrote for this, for this episode pro wrestling television is I think, and, and uh, I, I may come out um, people may think I'm, I'm an elitist, but I, I, I think I'm one of the few people that view this as written television every week. Okay. As opposed to, it's still real to me. It has to be like this. It has to be like that. I was like, no, they're they're writing this. These yeah. are people performing. <laughs> these are characters. The the complete separation of who these people are as performers. And there's a there's another story that's going on right now where one of the per, one of the performers I just I don't believe due to his actions. It's uh oh, I have to try to tell this as as quickly as possible. <laughs> but um, uh, bad guy goads good guy into into a fight. Uh, if I, if I lose, I quit and the guy wins. Okay, great. Uh, guy's wife comes in legitimate, like legitimately it's his wife who's also a professional wrestler. And it's just like, you can't do this. It's like, no, I have to fight for, for myself as, as a man. And, And she's like, I can't support you in this. And I went, you're exactly. He's being really (laughs) stupid and really irrational. I 100% agree with you. Why am I agreeing with the bad guy? Something's wrong here. There's something that's not connecting here. And uh, it, it turned it's, I know the story that they're trying to tell. Yeah. Like this, this man triumphing over evil with, with the, like not even his wife is standing up next to him though. She came back right before the last big match. It was like, kick his ass. And I was like, yeah, but it it's like the the performers and the the actions of of a couple of people where the 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 villain only hurts the good guy whereas the good guy is like punching through security and people just trying to do their job yeah and it's like well, how are you a good guy <laughs> it's it's really it's really weird and it depends on the performer but with with dream he fully inhabits that character whether it's on social media walking down the street if if there is a, a a possibility that somebody is going to see him and he'll make sure that you don't see him if he doesn't want you to see him yeah but he's he is in <laughs> he's dream. a ninja too yeah he's in dream mode okay yeah that makes time. a lot of sense so yeah I, it makes sense to me that your obsession because i know you also have a theater background mm-hmm. as well so you can uh, you have those sensors for when you think somebody is being true to their character mm-hmm. but also just 
to basic writing. Like, just like in a movie when, like, I know some people like Man of Steel, but, like, I know that on the page we're supposed to feel bad for Superman that he had to kill Zod because he's not a killer. But the way that film is constructed, I don't see or feel those things. And I know that's what the makers of the film want me to feel, but I don't because of the way it's constructed. Joseph, I have to be completely honest with you. I have never heard somebody put it like that. <laughs> and it's the exact same way that I've felt ever since I got out of that movie theater. Yeah, it's just, oh. yeah, yeah. And I know there are people out there who like it. That's mm-hmm. fine. You can come on the podcast. I sometime. stop it after act two and I'm like, great Superman movie. <laughs> great Superman of Stitt. Then st- we stop there. Uh, so you think a lot about face and heel, right? Face is a good guy, heel is the bad guy. It, it, it depends. Really, like the, they've been playing with it ever since the the mid to late '90s. Uh, there was a guy by the name of Stone Cold Steve Austin who sort of changed as as well as in WCW. There's the NWO, the the gray characters, the anti heroes, okay. the, the people that are so bad, but they're against the system, so you can't help but cheer for them. Okay, uh, like Stone Cold used to beat up his boss <laughs> and and drink beer all like on top of his like shaking body after taking a terrible beating. Yeah. So it was one of those things of like, yeah, I wish I could do that. So ever since then, they've been trying to recapture the anti-hero, the middle of the road. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It's there. There's some things with how matches are structured that are supposed to get you to boo the bad guy. Yeah. And supposed to get you to cheer the good guy. And, uh, I, I don't think about it, uh, too much like i when i'm when i go to a wrestling match i cheer the good guy i boo the bad guy and when i'm when i'm watching the match i'm like lasered in watching the match and trying to to analyze it and sort of like analyzing a scene where like oh this why did you move like this this line of dialogue was misplaced sort of like sometimes moves can have moves are the lines of dialogue in a scene that is a professional wrestling match so like in the actual physical the wrestling the mm -hmm. story of like which move when yes exactly and and some moves have have a place you can't like some some guys go for their finishing move at the very beginning but the guy's not tired enough and can react and can reverse it yeah so it's it's just sort of a but now that person's scared on their toes and it sort of changes the energy and now they need a moment to recouple their strategy but when it comes to good guys and bad guys the the scope is so wide on all of those yeah like sometimes the good guys play dirty sometimes the bad guys (laughs) are just whiny dudes hiding behind an authority figure going no 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 we we can't fight yet because we don't have a contract for the match yet <laughs> so it's it's they've made the definition so wide that it's it's sometimes and it's not it's not hard to keep track but it's not a bad thing if they don't focus on it okay you think you know? it can go by the wayside a little bit sometimes and sometimes okay. it does because if uh there are a lot of times where fans will sort of step out of the story and if two people are just having an amazing wrestling match sometimes if it's so technical they're just really good against each other then the character lines are nothing so there are the rare cases where uh, a wwe product and and some products from from other companies will put on some something where people come out as good guy bad guy and then once the match starts, you kind of can't tell because they're just giving they're they're pushing the physicality to its absolute peak. Yeah. There are matches that go over an hour still. Like Really? Like just the actual matches. Mm-hmm. There's one recently uh from a company called New Japan Pro Wrestling for their top title that went 
uh, 63 minutes. Damn. And, and it's, I mean, it's one of one of the greatest matches of the year, if not the past couple of years, if not all time. Right. Because it's like, what are they going to do now? <laughs> and you can't ignore the physical prowess at that point, oh, right? God, because no. it's like so far beyond like, oh, I can't do that move to like, how are they still doing anything exactly. at 63 minutes? Like yeah. many of us can't walk for 63 minutes straight. Let alone <laughs> sprint against a rope, put all of your body weight against it, scrape off the skin on your on your underarm, and then sprint to the other side of the ring yeah. 45 minutes into a match. It's, yeah. it's wild. It's wild. Insanity. How much for you, you just said analyzing, for you is yelling at the screen a part of your joy <laughs> to like be, no, don't do that, do this. Ah. Mm. It depends. Um, one of one of the shows that I do, I get to sit with a group of my friends and watch um, my favorite program at the time or at the moment, which is NXT, which is a WWE product. But we get to sit around and uh, analyze it while we watch it, and then we do a podcast about it. So okay. for that sense, getting out all of the like, oh, you're an idiot sort of stuff <laughs> is really helpful. Uh, but um, not if if I'm watching by myself. Not not really. It's just kind of me and the TV, or or me and the screen, or me at at a live event. Um, just sort of in watching watching the scene, uh, watching the scene, watching the uh, watching the watching the match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever made a different life choice because of wrestling? Has it ever informed anything you've decided about career or relationship or money or anything? Oh, money, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you mean just spending it? Uh, yes. Uh, there was a, a reason. So I, I, one of the, the podcasts that I work for, I work with uh, a former wrestler by the name of Sean Waltman. He wrestled as X-Pac and uh, Six-Pac in, uh, in WCW and WWF. And um, he we do a re- weekly podcast. And we had WrestleMania coming up. And um, he had a couple of media appearances and he was going to go to the show. And so I was like, we're not recording a live show. Okay. Have a great weekend. Love you. And then he went, Hey, I'd really like you to be at, at WrestleMania. And this was about three weeks before okay. I was like, I have no lodging. I have no tickets. <laughs> I have no airplanes. I have no nothing. It's like, Sean, do you want me there? I would love to have you there. Well, I'm going. Okay. So, you just so found it a way. Just, it, I found a way. Um, I, I slept on a on a, a friend's floor uh, and and uh, uh, brought brought all of my suits. But as a result, I got to I got to experience the industry. I keep I, I keep having the benefit, and and Sean is and Sean is part of the reason as to why I keep getting the benefit to see wrestling from all at all angles. Yeah, um, I've had the benefit of sitting in the the producer's area for a live show. Okay, where, so really getting to see how it's constructed for television. Yes. And and uh and for an audience. And uh the way that wrestling is is kind of done now is each match has a producer. Okay. And they're usually a former worker, somebody who's who's been retired for a little while, and they talk with the talent. It's like, all right, this is this is the story we're trying to tell any concerns, questions, whatever, and then they build the match. Sometimes it's um, in the case of somebody like a Ronda Rousey, they rehearse that match. They yeah. they went moment by moment by moment by moment. Whereas 
with somebody on raw every week it's kind of like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna hit you with this we'll take this we'll hit the shine and then and then all of the all of the terms of of yeah. knowing the industry and it's just all right boom 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 great great couple of minutes great and who's who's going over okay so i'll hit my finish we'll go home that's great yeah <laughs> and then the uh and so it it's wild the the degree of not necessarily memorization, but just preparedness. Where yeah. where there there were two guys. One of my one of my favorite matches that I ever got to see live. Two guys that n- didn't talk to each other until they got into the ring, and they called it live. Wow! Mm-hmm. And they they, just... they they knew how it was going to end. Yeah. And they went, but everything else, they were, they were just like, "All right, let's go. Let's have let's have a good time." Yeah. And are they mostly just? Uh improvising in terms of like um like making are they using signals or like making eye contact to be like established like okay you can there, see that i'm gonna do this so i don't actually break your neck kind there's of a couple there's there's some nonverbal forms of communication depending on who you work with but there's very verbal it's like okay. you could you could go online and people i don't know why they do it people look for moments where people talk where you can hear people talking. Okay. Uh, there was a uh, there's a very infamous moment that you could be deaf and heard. Uh, <laughs> this past this past year, uh, they they have an event called the Royal Rumble, which is an over the top rope battle royal of thirty people, and uh, there was a moment where the new generation and the old generation were sort of like squaring off two on two. Okay. And then there was a couple of other people that were knocked down and this great moment was happening where you're just like, Oh, they're about to fight and like take down the old, like, come on new guys, whatever. And, and, uh, John Cena in his infinite wisdom, he's not very quiet. Okay. <laughs> uh, when he, when he gives cues, uh, was just loudly saying like, now go now, <laughs> like close up, everything and i was just like come on john let the <laughs> let him get to the moment this was so great you ruined it so that's kind of the version of a, a cranky uh, wrestling grandpa at that point kind of, of like, like now is that time to come on yeah we're not yeah. gonna be somewhere but there are times when uh uh somebody so actually there's this is a great time to talk about this uh, a member of the match that not a lot of people think about is the referee. Yeah. The referee has an earpiece in to the the back desk, the producer's desk, and for television it's usually Vince McMahon, to uh, keep people on time, to update uh, the wrestlers on any changes that may or may not have happened, yeah. and just to sort of keep the flow of the match going. And whenever you see some, like, the ref, like, Say, talking to a guy in the corner, it's usually just like, "Well, the match got cut. You've got two minutes. You've, you've got le- you've two minutes less. We're cutting out this part of the match." And then he goes to the other person and he, and he does the thing. Or when they're down on the ground, he makes he makes sure that everything is okay after a big match. There's a one of the big pieces of nonverbal communication that happens is a ref will grab a wrestler's hand after like a big, devastating maneuver yeah. to to see if he's still there. Like, and so if the wrestler grabs, you know. Yeah. squeezes his hand. All right, we're good. And yeah. it's sort of a thing of like the you you're noticing the wrestler's face days and the ref is checking on him but you're not seeing some of the stuff that's that's in place you to keep like, these folks safe. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I also want to acknowledge I podcast in my home and they've decided to vacuum as they sometimes At this do. Exact they time. love vacuuming. I don't know if it'll be picked up, but it's it's great because Mark is getting more and more excited and the <laughs> vacuum's getting closer and closer. I'm trying the to, tension is building. I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, drown it out as much as I can. <laughs> You're doing great. Uh, I have one last question for you for our main section here. If 
you were going to be a pro wrestler. You must have thought about this. You must have thought about what your shtick is going to be, right? So back in high school, we uh, we ran a a company, quote, called the Bounce House Wrestling Federation, <laughs> where we wrestled in bounce houses and um, uh, we had t- we had a title. Did you have to um, rent them? Yeah. Okay. But like it was it was one of those things where a lot of our friends were doing it anyway. Renting so it was bounce like, houses. Yeah. So like, all so right, it's like, well. oh, let's put on a show. Let's okay. have some fun. And so I still have videotapes of the events and we did commentary <laughs> for them and all this, but um my my character, kind of in name only, not in, in action at all, was the Reaper, which was a take on the Undertaker, who, yeah. who is my my very, 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 very top of the line wrestler favorite wrestler of all okay. time. And um Aside from that, I, I haven't really thought of, of a type of character because I'm I'm very utilitarian, especially when it comes to acting. It's sort of like, oh, you have a role for me? What do you want me to do? <laughs> uh, similar, similarly, kind of to, to my Schmodown thing is like Christian threw a couple of things at me and I had a couple of ideas. And then ultimately he was like, I want you to be th- this type of a guy. And I went, okay. And then now I'm that type <laughs> of a guy. So it, yeah, I've thought about it, but I, I haven't really... It's usually just me emulating some of my favorites. Yeah, and I don't really have a a favorite, or I don't really have my own character that I've been holding on to and waiting for yeah. that moment. Well, if there was some part of you uh, that, if somebody came to you and said, "No, we, we really do want you to do this," and we, and we don't, we're not going to assign you a role. We understand you're a good actor and you'll play whatever we give you, but we want it to connect to something deep. So we want to mm. take something true about yourself and grow it into this super size of a wrestler. Is there an idea or a trait or a belief or a habit? I would I would say uh, just because nobody's ever done it to be a scaredy cat tall guy, like a scaredy cat <laughs> big guy, who's just like not afraid or who's afraid of everything. Um, wanna and and this isn't this is just sort of as an example, but I wouldn't take this. Um, there's a professional wrestler by the name of Jervis Cottonbelly, who who comes from a long line of Cottonbellies. He's this uh, uh, soft spoken. Uh, uh, a dandy of a man, yeah, and uh, he he has a move where he he gets to the top rope, sees how tall he is, and faints in the direction <laughs> of the guys on the floor, and it's just hilarious. It's it's one of those really funny things, but like taking that to an nth degree, yeah, of like everybody coming like. An interviewer coming up and, and be like, "Hey, I want to jeez, huh. you don't don't sing up on me like that, please." Do you feel that's the truth? Because you are a tall guy. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like people make assumptions about you that you're that you're tall, so you must be more fearless than a normal human? Is yeah. that something you get it, in real it's, life? It's kind of the things where where uh, people who people who know me know that I wouldn't I wouldn't hurt a fly type of a thing. Yeah, and uh, like not to say that I if if anybody comes after my friends i wouldn't defend and all that stuff yeah but it's just one of those things if i'm i'm generally more i used to use my words than, than my <laughs> actions so i think somebody with with size that doesn't shouldn't have anything to be afraid of against people that are generally shorter and yeah. smaller build than him should be afraid of them because everybody <laughs> everybody's a viable threat yeah everybody's a viable threat is yeah. a great tagline for a wrestler <laughs> <laughs> And it's just the guy covering his face. <laughs> it's just flinching. Dave, <laughs> David Flincher. David Flincher. There you go. A wrestler is born. Terrible. 
We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You question. So these are questions that I ask everybody. Do you think about pro wrestling TV every day? I kind of have to. There, There's a couple of... I run a couple of shows. So yeah. uh, for, for business, yes. For pleasure, yeah, kind of. I've got a lot of... Uh, various accoutrement around my house, like uh, little figures, pop figures, things like that. Um, you know, I've got some wrestling themes on my playlists on my phone. So okay. sometimes it comes up. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's hard. It's hard not to be, especially if even if you're just a WWE fan. There's TV on regularly Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Friday and sometimes pay for you, so like five days a week. Wow! So there's a content explosion sure. in wrestling the way there is everything. And on, like I follow wrestlers on Twitter and and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So it's so it's just a part of your life. It's, it's a part ingrained. Of my life. You kind of answered this already, but I want more details. Sure. When people walk into your home, can they tell you're obsessed with pro wrestling television? Uh, since my wife has her way, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like I'm not the kind of a guy that you you see. Well, some people see fans. I don't know if you've seen fans. There are people who buy the replica championship belts and oh, just hang them up. Yeah, they take them to events and like all this stuff. I'm not. I don't. I don't get that because you you earn that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like I mean, if I if I'm gonna earn four hundred dollars, I'm not gonna get a belt that I'll be able to maybe wear out one day a, <laughs> a year to go to a wrestling live event. And I'll like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff, but, um, but it, is it also, is the, is the belt about like, that should be theirs for winning. And it's weird to have, it's like, I mean, do people go to hockey games with replicas of like the Stanley <laughs> cup? I'm like, I have it too. Like, no, you, you don't. Bring up, you bring up a very valid point. Wrestling is the only thing where people take the highest <laughs> prize in the company and, and mass are like, woo, me too. Um, but something that, that the wrestlers get, uh, that, I, I think you you can get as a fan, but I'm not entirely sure. Is the some of the belts or most of the belts have side plates that are personalized to the competitor? Okay, so it's not just the WWE belt, but it's the Daniel Bryan WWE belt because it's got his logo. Oh, uh, okay. So, it, so it's more like a jersey in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's kind of like it's kind of like a jersey, but there was um, at WrestleMania this past year at Sean's booth, there was a gentleman that came up, and I'm not even exaggerating here with nine or ten championship titles wow. that he was getting anybody who ever held that belt he was getting their signature okay so he threw three of them up on on sean's table and said could you sign these please they're like okay um but i that thing that version of the fandom of it being like a a variant comic book cover okay that i can understand but for me i if the only thing that i would if I would only put it up if I earned that. Okay. That would be the only reason why I would have a title build up there. <laughs> but in terms of accoutrement, no. I, I have enough wrestling t-shirts to probably dress for an entire month um, in various different folks. But um, no, I... No, not really. Okay. Because I it, it's hard for me. Since it's so ingrained in my life, yeah. people go, hey, what are you up to? And here we are. Like, yeah. it's one of those things that... <laughs> Two out of the the seven days of the week are dedicated to, to something wrestling. pro wrestling related. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So you this comes up uh, a lot when I ask about this about uh, people having obsessions or interests that you can buy merch. So you can just make your home be screaming your obsession. <laughs> and the discussions that we have with partners of sometimes a partner's like, yes, I love that thing too. 
but I don't want it in our living room or yes. I do want it in our living room or just had you know, a good episode talking about that. Let's really balance. If there's one Boba Fett, then Luke's got to go because we're <laughs> going to have one Star Wars. Uh, what is, what's the dynamic in your relationship? Do you have a neutral living room or is it just that pro wrestling can't be all there all the time? Well, I, I'm also the, – the thing that I get for pro wrestling stuff is my T-shirts. Okay. And um, only with pop figures now starting to kind of get popular. Okay. Um, there is also a line of the mystery boxes with the, the toys in them. Okay. Um, but there's not too much that isn't just – Action figures, like yeah. wrestling, is action figures, a ring, and a toy belt. Like that's that's essentially <laughs> that's a, that's the toys. It. Okay. Um, but for for my wife and I, we're we're a very nerdy family. Yeah. I would say uh, Star Wars, comic books, uh, Disney. Uh, so thinking about what's up there right now, it took it took a bit. Um, uh, as you know, Joseph, I was a big proponent of Disney Infinity, and yeah. I I still have the majority of those figures wow. and. I wanted to put out the Star Wars ones, a couple of the Marvel ones, a couple of the of the Disney ones. And those ones when we first move in, I was like, no. Nah. But <laughs> it's it's slowly been like, no, this is who we are. Why do we have to like yeah, why do we have to our living room? I, exactly. Yeah, this is where we live. Yeah, for one day we have to move all this yeah. stuff. So yeah, it's it I, I also um some friend of ours some friends of ours got us uh Death Star candle holders that are just two <laughs> thick pieces of stone. Um, so we're, it's starting to creep in a little bit more yeah. and more, but it's not like we don't have Mondo posters on the walls, okay. at least not yet. But. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Have you ever shed actual tears over pro wrestling television? Yeah. There's a couple times when it comes to the end of a career. Um, oh, yeah. The, it, it's you just have moments of seeing these people live or all of the stories that they've gotten to tell. And usually when it is something like a retirement, the especially then the good guy, bad guy thing is shed. And it's just like time to tell a really great story. <laughs> and um, there, there's been one thing recently. Well, well, one, one moment in particular that I can remember was uh, Ric Flair, who's still very much in the public eye at this time, even though, God, that, that man is up there, but he's still living his best yeah. life. <laughs> uh, his retirement match in the WWE... Um, and it like he just kept kicking out, kept kicking out. He didn't want it to end. He yeah. didn't want it to end. And his opponent hadn't hit his finisher yet. And his finisher usually takes a, I say takes a bit of charging, but like he, uh, he bu- it builds. Okay, it builds like it's a it's a it's a big kick. So he like stomps his foot to sort of get the crowd clapping yeah. and into it, and um. And so Rick is just like crawling on all fours and and slowly making his way, his, his, getting his way up, and he's struggling. He's got his fists up, like I'm gonna kick, but he's like sobbing, just oh, like no, wow. not like this. And and it's a close up on his opponent. His opponent says, "I'm sorry, I love you." Kicks him in the face. One, two, three, gets the win, makes Ric Flair retire, and then immediately grabs like grabs his head and just embraces him. And it's one of those, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> um it's there there are very rare moments where wrestling can achieve that. Yeah. And it it's one of those it's you gotta you gotta let it let some story stuff happen in order to get there. Yeah, the weight um, of the career makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And and there is it depends on sometimes the pre-match packages are cut really well to really make you feel uh like you're a part of something special. There are a couple yeah. of matches that I've had the benefit 
of being in a crowd for that people remember as some of the most the most emotional or the greatest and uh it, it's sometimes if somebody wins after a really big journey to get there and and it's just i think it's also it's it's being there with that crowd and as much as we are talking about television there are times when it's similar to any sort of a convention where you're sitting in the crowd and you know that all of these people are just as excited as you to yeah. be here to watch this and so that brings down a level of reticence to react and to be a part of the show and this and that yeah and and pro wrestling i think is still one of those fandoms that for some reason in this very geeky world that we're living in is still looked down upon for some reason so being in that live setting or being like at home you you have a little bit more of a connection to yeah. have that sort of big reaction that's really cool yeah uh speaking of conventions would you cosplay as a pro wrestler at san diego comic-con uh i have been a wrestler for Halloween twice. Okay, so I don't think that's a problem. <laughs> uh, I would wear. I would be a professional wrestler, like in, uh, in like full full garb, not like tights. <laughs> um, like I would be their full costume. It would be a little bit more uh, relaxing in San Diego. It'd be nice and breezy, right? I I'm mean, just saying. I mean, I really appreciate John Cena wearing like jean shorts and cargo shorts because yeah. that's that's I have take a care. Of. All I need is a John Cena shirt and a hat, and I'll be like, "Yep, it's me, John Cena." Meme. Go now, go. <laughs> uh, have you or would you edit a Wikipedia page about pro wrestling television? I would, but I haven't. No, yeah, I would. Okay, yeah. so if you saw something was wrong, that would be no big deal to you. You'd be like, nah, I'm going to pop in and take care of this. Yeah, they're they're usually pretty accurate. I haven't seen anybody. I haven't seen anything. Sometimes that you know, with with any sort of wiki memes, sometimes somebody will post something. I'll be like, ah, that's funny. Check it. Ads ah, already changed. Like, okay, <laughs> before you can even take it down. Yeah. How would you feel if your last words were about pro wrestling? Hmm. It's a really deep question. <laughs> it really is. I, I like throwing it there in the middle. I don't. I don't know what they could be. Like it's all about the game, or like <laughs> John Cena sucks, or like with my with my dying breath, I hate Vince McMahon. Like I don't. I don't know what they could be. Um. So I get how would I feel confused? <laughs> okay, about how you ended up in this situation. Yeah, about why why I would be talking about. Like before I go, I just have to say. <laughs> but that, so that when you think about communicating know. about pro wrestling, it is about offering those like fan like reactions to the game. So it's not like imagine you're a hundred and seven, mm-hmm. and your great great grandchildren is like, "Do you have just one piece of advice before you go?" And you'd be like, "You know, always sell to the camera, kids." Yeah, exactly. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like my epitaph. I don't know. Yeah, my, like I. Yeah, I don't. Uh, okay. Okay, I'll accept know. that answer as a no to an I don't know. Confusion. <laughs> Confusion. Fair enough. Fair enough. I got to think about that now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Feel, feel free to think about it. Think about uh, it. We, we can add something more later. Would you greet aliens if they visited Earth for the first time by showing them pro wrestling? Yeah. Actually, that's, that's, a, that's a really interesting thing because there's a lot of – or there's some media that – presents wrestling as like a gladiatorial game yeah and, and some media that presents alien civilizations where they, there's always a gladiators arena of some sort so i think it could be something that they could understand you know, yeah you know it's nonverbal communication um one of there's an episode of dexter's lab that <laughs> featured uh randy savage as an intergalactic gladiator <laughs> that challenged all of the earth's superheroes 
and ended up getting beaten by a monkey. It was, <laughs> it's a really great, it's one of those things that as a kid, I was like, yeah, pro wrestling is, it's permeating. It's, it's great. It's getting in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I haven't even mentioned Glow. Oh, yeah. Glow is really amazing. I haven't watched any of the second season yet. I've, uh, I watched the, f- the first bit of it, but one of the things that... that eh, I'll bring this up later. I'll bring this up later. Uh, <laughs> no, you, go ahead. Go, go okay, for it. So one of my favorite things about Glow that I don't, I don't know if people who aren't familiar with professional wrestling understand is it's, it's showing you the exact same thing twice. Especially mm-hmm. in season one, it's showing them being big characters and being like, you did this to me. And then it's showing that exact same situation in real life. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's pro wrestling. That's what it is. It's taking the prism of certain things that affect people in real life and just adding, well, let's fight about it in, in the (laughs) ring. And, and it, I think it, it opened up more people to the idea that professional wrestling is a, a valid art form. By, yeah. by seeing the behind the scenes of this f- real fake company and it it i i adore glow i really yeah. do because yeah. the, the, that first the the original glow was crazy i was a kid when it was on tv and and i remember seeing it a couple of times but they have an amazing documentary about the original glow that's on netflix that oh yeah i gotta I, check that out yeah, yeah it's so good yeah so good i think the thing that Glow did really, really well, and obviously I'm not the the wrestling fan or as knowledgeable as you, but I I think in particular that end of this show really illustrated like it is difficult to come up with characters in stories compelling enough to make people invest in the actual physical wrestling, mm-hmm. like showing how much it is the brilliance of these two people working through their actual trauma in real life and how can we bring that to the stage and how can we connect to the audience? I think that's really powerful and cool. Agreed. And one of the things that glow definitely got right. And it's something that professional wrestling is still doing to this day is the big bad foreigner. Like yeah. there's just something about that. And in the eighties, it was so upfront until there's actually, um, so there's a wrestler and GI Joe character by the name of Sergeant Slaughter that uh, was an American hero. He started out as a bad guy, but in one night he went from a bad guy to a good guy because um, an Iranian nationalist won the championship, <laughs> so he came out to to scare him away. Um, but uh, he, in the early 90s, he and Hulk Hogan were fighting because he came out as an Iraqi sympathizer during the war, yeah. which was really scary because they had to... The the venue where WrestleMania was going to be taking place got a bomb threat, or or they were worried yeah. for Sergeant Slaughter's safety, which I don't blame anybody for. So they had to change the venue. It was much smaller. the The promos got a lot smaller. They weren't so much like <laughs> anti-American sentiment, yeah. this and that. But since then, it's definitely gotten better. Yeah. But it's still there. It's still very much like flag waving. I'm from Bulgaria. I'm going to beat you up because I'm the Bulgarian brute. Like so, okay. sort of stuff. So that's still a thing. Yeah, that'd be great <laughs> to see that change. I think we're in a time in particular right now where that that uh, psychological trick, that manipulation of you should be afraid of the outsider is uh, we're at a very dangerous point where obviously that's been used throughout the history mm-hmm. of Earth. But right now it is being flared up quite badly. Yeah, there was uh, a couple of characters a couple of years ago that were um, American patriots, so yeah. to speak. Uh, their their big call to action was "We the People," and they had the "Don't Tread on Me" flag, and they were they were the bad guys. 
Okay. Which, which was good. Yeah. But that actually, you, sh- you should look it up because that brought attention from from uh, uh, like Glenn Beck okay. saying like, "Are you insulting your fans by saying that that these people are dumb and and not acceptive of cultures?" Yeah. And WWE put out a video that they they started out with a promo from those guys, and then you heard cut. And then they said, hi, my name is this, and I'm playing a character on television. <laughs> and, it, and it was just a, a, an amazing, just like, boom, F you sort of a thing oh, to, to awesome. the system. They sent one of their guys to Glenn Beck's um, office to be like, <laughs> hey, is he available for an interview? Is he available for an interview? So it's one of those things where th- some things are changing, to yeah. be sure. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a weird world. It's yeah. a weird world. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a cool part of the storytelling, too, of like, with uh, great power comes great responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. You're starting to tell these stories, and at first it's just like whatever. And we're coming, trying to come up with ideas to hook people. Like, but now we have an audience, and we can affect how people think. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Uh, would you name a child or a pet after any pro wrestling character? That's difficult because there, there's a lot of people, especially these days, that are just going by their given names or by quote real names. Yeah. So it's uh, like I wouldn't name my child warrior after the <laughs> ultimate warrior yeah um but i'm i mean i might maybe a nickname yeah. but i don't think like i'm already lucky enough to where my wife's thinking about we might name a, a son luke tiberius okay so i'm like i'm good that's, with that yeah that's, that's pretty, pretty good great. yeah so, so I'm, I'm not gonna push it with wrestling <laughs> a chihuahua named undertaker would that be okay <laughs> come here taker come here <laughs> come here um, taker so an animal and a, a pet Maybe <laughs> it might be a little bit harder, but I it would definitely be a lot easier than a child. <laughs> yes, yes. This is where you come from, child. Look at this, young Hulk Hogan, Donica. <laughs> uh, we call him Hugh for sure. Uh, <laughs> if you had to be body slammed before you watched pro wrestling television, would you still watch it every single time? Yeah. Yes, if I could choose who, who and where, who and where. Yes. So yeah, if it was like it's like not on the cement, good God, no. But on a couch, sure. Yeah. On, on on a mat, maybe. Yeah. But since since one of my best friends is a professional wrestler, I would trust nobody else. You trust him to 100%. body slam you safely on a mat, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially with with how body slams are are performed. It's it would be minimal pain. Yeah. But especially shows are getting longer and longer now. So it's like, eh, I'll just wait till the longer shows and take one and that'll be fine. <laughs> not watching any short shows. No. It's half hour. None of this hour long crap. Yeah. Not getting body slammed for one hour. No. If you sat down to watch pro wrestling uh, on television is a game you really want to see or, or a match you really want to see pay-per-view. But then a bear stole the remote. Would you try to get the remote back from the bear? No, no, <laughs> it would kill me. That's such a ridiculous. You're not, not going to uh, reason with the bear. You're not going to try to body slam the no, bear. No, I queued up on my phone. I'd be like, ah, well, that's a shame. Anyway, all right. So the bear doesn't understand the technology. No, I accept that. Yeah, that's answer. what. Like one of the great things about the WWE network is you can watch it anywhere. Yeah, really. it's floating through the air. Yeah, huh? like you can take take. My television, I have another TV with a Google, with a, with a Google thing. Um, I can watch it on my phone. I can watch it on my wife's phone. I can watch it on the iPad. I can watch it on the computer. I can go over to a friend's house. Okay. But if that bear's following me, all right. I'd say, all right, I'll go after the remote. I'll go after your remote. Bears can't stop pro wrestling is Damn. what you're saying. It. It's like Jaws the Revenge, but with bears and wrestling. <laughs> I asked everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What noise can you make? Hmm. Trying to think of a... I mean, it's 
I'll, I'll be away from the mic from okay. the mic for this, but just like a yeah, like it's just <laughs> a huge release of of energy. Sometimes when you're not expecting a guy to come out and the music hits, you just have a genuine reaction of like holy crap, just pure elation. Like this and, is what I've been waiting for all week, and it's yeah. cathartic, and you're you're on that person's team, and they're mm-hmm. gonna kick ass, and yeah, just, ah! exactly. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you rate your obsession on a scale of one to ten? Mm-hmm. One being the lowest, ten being the highest. Where would you put yourself? I I would say, I'd say an eight, eight and a half. Okay. Now I, I've I've gotten better. It used to be I would want a T-shirt for every single person that I was a fan of. <laughs> it's really expensive. Yeah. Uh, and so, and then of course I would run out of closet space, dresser space, all that. So so that had to stop. But um, I mean, I like like I said, I don't own every title belt. I yeah. don't uh, have every action figure. When I was a kid, I had a whole bunch of action figures. I had to get all of the the extra accoutrement that would come with them that did nothing. <laughs> um, there was there was a toy that uh, each wrestler had like a little sensor on their foot. You put it on the reader and it plays their entrance theme for like five seconds. And it was the coolest thing. It's like, ah, it's like, it's real. That's um, awesome. But I'm, I don't, I don't collect toys. I don't, uh, I don't, uh, re- I don't really collect stuff. Yeah. I find one thing and I go, cool, I'll take that. Okay. As opposed to filling every part of my life. That that gets stressful. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of TV you got to watch. A lot of television. Yeah. yeah, and it seems like you're you are while accepting that you are super super into it, you're having you're folding it into your career. Yeah, so and, like and you're so, out there making money and building your name while you're enjoying pro wrestling. Yeah, so it's not just that you're like I am hunting for the Funko Pop of Undertaker with his shirt off or whatever. <laughs> Did he take his shirt off? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, he does that. But uh, going back to WrestleMania this year, in terms of uh, did I did I make a lot of money going? Did I spend more money than I made that weekend? Sure. Yeah. But the experiences that I had, I wouldn't trade for anything. Like I got to be, I got to be thanks to Sean backstage at the biggest event of the year, and like have catering. Like yeah. that's <laughs> that's such a small small thing, but it's one of those things of like very few people get this opportunity. Yeah. Very few people have a moment where you can you're not looked at as like a what are they doing here but it's like oh they're they're here with somebody yeah they're a part of the they're a part of the show they're part of this they're they're in a department that i'm not familiar with this yeah the other thing and and that amongst uh, countless other experiences that i had it's it's stuff that i wouldn't train for the trade for the world i wouldn't like i would do it all over again yeah type of stuff absolutely it, it's it's indispensable stuff like that uh experiences as opposed to I have Undertaker with his shirt off. Yeah. Funko Pop. <laughs> they had these at Target for one day, but I got them. <laughs> nice. So uh, can you tell people where they can find you and anything you want to plug? Oh, God. We'll be here for a while. So uh, no, that'll be quick. Uh, Xbox 12360 is an audio and video podcast that you can download on Westwood One. If you are a wrestling fan or, or interested in the world of pro wrestling, it's great to get a... Uh, Sean's view of the industry and how to build matches okay. is unrivaled. Like he would he would have matches with somebody or get put into programs with somebody because Vince McMahon himself said, I trust him. Oh wow. Uh Vince put his son Shane in a match with Sean because he trusted Sean, like, take care of him. 
Okay. Go, go and go do a great match. And they had a great match. So so Sean's input and, and how Sean uh, explains building these various things is so interesting. And yeah. if you haven't listened yet, we're... We're coming up on episode 100, and it's it's a it's a wonderful show, and I I'm I love that I get to have somebody that I was a fan of in my life and someone I consider yeah. a friend. It's a, it's a wonderful show. Check that out if you're a fan of the NXT property. Uh, I host a show on AfterBuzz TV Wrestling and Sports, which has a whole bunch of other shows as well, uh, called the NXT After Show, where we cover it every week Wednesday after it goes live. And uh, the movie trivia showdown. Yeah, this is where I I finally get to apply some of the stuff that I've been uh, uh, accruing over the years. Yeah. It's it airs Friday uh, Tuesdays and Fridays, uh, but you have to f- follow me at Mark Bidonica for my next match. My most recent one just went up this past or uh, uh, June. Doing backwards math, 20, 29th, June 29th. June 29th, okay. And uh, my next match, I'm going to be taping soon, and and I'm going to go crazy with character stuff if, <laughs> if they'll let if they'll let me. Oh, that sounds great. Um, but yeah, I do a whole bunch of other podcasts too. Um, if if you want more, actually, um, I did an episode of Geek and Sundry's Lore Masters with Ryan Green and Hector Navarro about the history of professional wrestling. Oh, that's really great. And uh, go check that out. That was a couple of weeks ago, and that was uh, that was really fun. Cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and congratulations on all the success in the Schmodown as well. Here are some quick plugs for this show, and then we'll do our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host, that is Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and whatnot, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Info on that at patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right. Final questions. You ready? Ready to do it. These are just weird, fun questions. If you could shoot one of these two things out of your hands, what would it be? Ice or birds? I gotta go ice. I, <laughs> I, I run hot, so so ice would be very helpful. And it's hot in my apartment right now. A little bit. It's yeah. a little warm. Yeah, so if you could just shoot some yeah, ice just, chips on your head. Yeah. <laughs> or just, just hold it right up again so that it would just melt as it hits my head. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, oh, a little self-shower. But birds... <laughs> Birds was very tempting. Very tempting. <laughs> I'm glad to know I tempted you, but I see a reasonable answer. If there was a statue of you in a public park, what kind of pose would you want to be in? Uh, I gotta go fist in the air. The 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 gimmick that I'm doing right now for uh for Schmodown for the enforcer yeah, for that's the your, enforcer your stage and, uh, gesture. Yeah, um, a, a gloved biker's hand, uh, <laughs> uh, fist in the air. Um, there, I, I I've always thought that there's something empowering for me coming out and doing that action right before kind of a stressful situation i let out a big sort of yell and put my fist in the air and it it helps sort of bring me down a little bit yeah and um yeah it and it's representative of of a lot of other things that um that i've kind of always done that tie back to professional wrestling as well um before he leaves the arena undertaker always looks back at the ring that he just performed in puts his fist in the air lightning strikes and then he walks into the back <laughs> that's pretty great and it would be awesome to come to a park and see this like statue mm-hmm. of this tall figure with a, a fist in the air and then like read like well what is this about like trivia <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice contrast uh the final question for everyone on the podcast is what is happiness I would say comfortability, being comfortable with yourself in your life, with the people around you. Uh, I, I, I can't, it's, it's 
easy for me to be happy around around uh, a lot of folks because I'm generally a positive person. I surround myself with positive people, and it. I think that's the easiest gateway to happiness is just being comfortable enough in your own skin to be comfortable enough with the people around you and everybody being everybody being comfortable just takes away all of the 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 tension and everybody speaks yeah. out and and everybody can can be happy. Yeah. That and that seems like it uh, connects to your uh, being a fan of pro wrestling cuz it seems like that's what you need in the ring too. Like you have to be yeah. not comfortable and relaxed like we're having tea <laughs> or a, a beer on Sunday afternoon, but like uh, we're totally confident that we are surrounded by people that we trust. Yeah, these people put their lives on the line. They trust the the person or people that are on the other side of the ring with their lives every single night. And sometimes it doesn't work out. Yeah. There, there was a, a case a couple of years ago of of a guy it took a seemingly a very a very basic move, but it it fractured his spine. And he's only within the past couple of months been able to walk again. Wow. He's never gonna wrestle again. But he got out with his life, and and some people can be so lucky. There there's a story two years ago of a luchador that it, it was a very it was a move that's done a million times. Yeah. But it was the one in a million time where it it kind of crushed his his windpipe. He wasn't able to breathe, and he died before he reached the hospital. Oh wow. Yeah. It's it's stuff. It's very dangerous work, and the people that the people that you end up seeing on TV. They're on TV for a reason because yeah. they are the best in the world at what they do, and they are they are putting all of this on the line for us. Yeah, it was most very recently. It was the 20 year anniversary of one of the most terrifying moments that I've ever witnessed on wrestling television, which was uh, the Undertaker and Mankind in a match called a Hell in a Cell, which is a giant chain link cage okay. that's about a story and a half high. Um, this was a, this was a part of the match. Yeah. Undertaker uh, or Mankind told Undertaker, hey, throw me off the top of this thing. (laughs) So from the top, he was thrown off, landed and bounced. It it collapsed off of the uh, announcer's table. And and that everybody went, he's dead. (laughs) But they got the... The Vince was out there. They put him on a stretcher. They were wheeling him out. And then you saw this commotion up by the ramp. He got back up, <laughs> like blood coming out of his mouth. Real blood. Real blood. And and walked back to the ring and started and climbed back up to the top. They continued. Undertaker slammed him through. <laughs> so he hit the, the chain link panel. It swung open, swung back back hit him on the head and then he hit the ring mat below and that part was not planned right that part was not planned. <laughs> uh they were much bigger men than the last people that went up there trying to do that spot and uh it was shut with zip ties and they're like ah that'll be fine yeah um but he willingly did this stuff and yeah that was bef- that's before the thumbtacks came out but it, he was one of he was one of the most hardcore wrestlers but he knew that people enjoyed it he's he is in a lot of pain near the end of his life he just got his uh, hip replaced uh i think about six or seven months ago okay. so he's he's walk, <laughs> he's walk around a little bit better but he's lost a lot of weight and he's and he's living a better life but it's one of those things where yeah would i want my ear ripped off forcibly by barbed wire no, no. <laughs> 
but I got a hell of a story to tell how, <laughs> how uh, a bunch of German nurses lost my ear. Uh, so it's, it's, yeah, these, these people do ridiculous things for our amusement. And the least we can do is appreciate the story that they're trying to yeah. tell. Well, that is a great message. And I think two wonderful answers to what is happiness, being calm and comfortable around positive people and trusting other people not to murder you yes. in a ring. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much for doing the podcast. Uh, thank you, Joseph. I really appreciate being on here. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Yeah!